Welcome to the Twinkle Talks EYFS podcast. Working in the early years is busy, funny, messy and exhausting. Join me, Shana, and the rest of the Twinkle EYFS team as we talk honestly about our experiences as practitioners, teachers and professional nappy changers. Whether you're listening to increase your CPD hours or catching up on our antics whilst driving home from work, Twinkle EYFS will share everything you need to know about all things early years. wonderful listeners it's Shana here from Twinkle Talks EYFS here to give you another brilliant episode now I'm so excited about what we're going to talk about today because we have the wonderful Harriet Thomas and if you don't know her you'll definitely know her company it's Boogie Mites and we're here to talk about the magic of music and she is just pure magic honestly I can't wait for you to hear her Uh, but before we get there it's time for another segment of Only in the EYFS what strange things have your children been saying this week? This week is only in We've had reports of strange compliments coming from Sue Scarborough's classroom when a child said to her, You are so clever to get your big bottom on that little chair. Thank you so much. In Rachel's party class, when she was putting up the class visual timetable, she dropped an image on the floor with a picture of a chalice. One little girl lifted up and said, Here you go, Miss Brolly. You dropped the picture for cocktail time. That's my kind of classroom. Looking back over the summer, Helen Travers remembers the time where a child came in in a vest and said, Sun's out, gun's out. Well, I'm sure we didn't have enough sun cream to cover those arms. That's it for this episode. Tune in next time for more antics in only in the EYFS. Yeah, kids don't really have a filter, do they? However, cocktail time, instead of, I think it was supposed to be mass, a picture of a chalice. Um, cocktail time, great. Yeah, I'm I'm down for that lesson. I think I need to take part. But now onto our main event. As I said before, we've got the wonderful Harriet Thomas, who is the creative director of Boogie Mites. And Boogie Mites is a really amazing company that helps practitioners uh, bring fun, exciting and educational lessons and activities around music. So without further ado, Harriet, take it away. Hi, Harriet. It's so great to have you on the show. Now, listeners, before you even like before we even get started, we have been gabbing for about 20 minutes because we just have the same energy and the same interest and we've just had a lot of fun. So I'm really looking forward to this episode and to introducing you to Harriet today. She is amazing. You are the creative director of Boogie Mites, which is so exciting. But let me stop talking. Please tell us about you. Well, I am the creative director of Boogie Mites, which sounds very fancy. It does. <laughs> but basically, I'm a songwriter, I'm a musician, and the reason why I'm the, called the creative director is because I write all the songs. But actually, like any small business, everyone does a bit of everything, you know, mm. so kind of t- turn my hand to, to anything. But my main kind of, my zone of genius is writing the songs. Yes. Are you a singer as well? I am a singer. <gasps> so I, 
I've been a singer for a long time. I've been writing songs for a long time. So I was in a jazz band for a long time. Oh. I used to sing, uh, sing at weddings and corporate events. And I had my own band, a few bands that used to gig in London and an acapella band. We used to do a lot of festivals. So yeah, a, a great life of music, really. Uh, guys, we basically have a celebrity on the show today. Like. <laughs> This is crazy. Like, we have a singer-songwriter. Oh, my God. It's like Ed Sheeran's on the show. It's ridiculous. Mm, I wish. (laughs) (laughs) No, I love it. I love it that you're here. And thank you so much for taking the time to come and talk to me today. Uh, We're going to talk about, basically, our love and the importance of music in early years, aren't we? Because, obviously, that's why you started your business um, and things like that. So before we get into your lovely, incredible business, Boogie Mites, why is music, it sounds like a silly question, but why (laughs) is music so important in the early years? No, it's not a silly question at all because, you know, I think anyone who either has young children or works with young children knows that children love music. And it's not just children who love music. Everybody loves music. I mean, I would defy you to think, I mean, do you know anyone who doesn't like music? No, because anyone, there's so many different genres as well, isn't there? There's not really an excuse to not like it. Exactly. So we are, as as human beings, we are musical. We love music. It's a human thing. It's something we do. It's something we love. So, you know, when you're working with children or you've got children, you always want to do something they love. So that's a great reason to do music because it makes children happy but recently kind of in the last 20 years there's also been lots of research around the neuroscience of music so basically if you think about like a song that everybody knows like twinkle twinkle little star that you've Mm. probably sung a million times with your children or in a nursery and you're doing all the hands and you know you know how it goes you know what you do so when children if you think about what children are doing when you're singing that simple song First of all, you know, they're they're watching your hands and your hands will be pulsing in time to the music. So they're using their eyes to get a visual idea of the pulse, the tempo of the music. So they're they're using their eyes and then they're hearing you sing. So they're listening to your pitch. They're listening to what happens to the melody. They're listening to rhymes. They're listening to, to the words. There's so much that is going on. And right at the base of all that is this human desire to join in Mm. because children and everybody, I I, I say children, but I really mean human beings. It's just that we happen to be talking about children, but children want to join in with song because it's such a basic human instinct. And so in order to join in, they have to react and they have to uh, like, they have to listen to pitch and they have to, sing that pitch back. They have to listen to a word sound, sing that word sound back. They have to listen to the tempo, sing with that tempo. So all of the time, their brain is going crazy because they are getting in so much uh, stimulus and they're processing it all and they're sending it back out again. So this is why, and also they're probably using their hands, they're probably swaying their bodies, they might be stamping their feet, nodding their head, everything is going, right? And so this is why when neuroscience scientists first started to investigate what was happening in the brain when people were listening and joining in with music, which is what they do with those big magnetic scanners, those imaging scanners, they saw that the whole brain is being stimulated when... Oh, wow. uh, Yeah, so it's not just like language is the front bit and math is one bit. No, the whole bit 
is being stimulated when children are doing music. And as everybody knows, in that in those early years, that's when your brain is doing all of its, you know, most of its growth happens in those, you know, not four. So the brain is plastic and the more stimulus you give it, the more it grows and develops. So when you're giving it this stimulus with the music, you are giving it, a, you're giving the brain a massive cognitive boost. So you've got all those cognitive uh, benefits, you know, it's great for language, it's great for maths, kids love doing it. And last but not least, it's a fantastic way to express emotions mm. and it makes us happy, happy, <laughs> which is probably why I started, you know, when I started, we had a piano at home. I was very, very lucky. We had a piano at home and I started, you know, plinking, plonking on the piano, not lessons, just sort of playing on it. But I got such a lot of pleasure from it. You know, I just used to make up these little tunes and it's almost like I could express myself through the piano and I was making pretty sounds, you know, and it was just like I was hooked. <laughs> so, yeah, so that it's just an all round amazing, feel good, great for self-expression, builds your brain, great for your body because you move around. So, I mean, there's nothing bad about music. It's just 100 percent brilliant. <laughs> and yes, for the adults involved as well. Yeah, I can tell you that in the days when I was doing a lot of boogie mites classes so I'd go into nurseries and, and run you know do do classes in nurseries and sometimes I wouldn't feel like it to be totally mm. honest drive at the nursery I used to live in London driving was horrendous you know and you'd arrive and you'd be like oh no I've got to do you know an hour and a half of music as soon as I sat down got going started singing with the kids and they started doing, you know, every kid reacts in a different way. So it's like, it's totally like, oh, wow, she's doing that. He's doing that. Oh, look what they're doing. I hadn't expected that. You know, so it's like, wow. And this amazing energy happens because that's another bit of research about how we bond with music. So this amazing group energy happens. And so I have gone into nurseries like a bit of a sourpuss and walked out with a massive smile on my face. And that's got to be a win, right? <laughs> oh, 100%. And even just hearing you like talk about it, I'm feeding off of that energy. Like you like you say, it's such a, a social thing, I it think is. music as well. And like you say, it's not just for kids, it's for adults. I mean, there's a reason like when we're doing the cleaning or the washing up at home, we stick some music on or people like to go out to parties and clubbing and at Christmas, you know, every big event that I can think of has music involved has exactly. song has something like that so it's not something that oh you know it's just important when children you know when they're children because it develops this this and that it's actually a lifelong love but also a lifelong skill I think yes and just in terms of like the development matters I'm really tr I'm really struggling to find a single area that it's not going to hit so you know like you say for PSED uh, it's a social interaction isn't it it's about yeah. you know communicating with other people socializing clearly communication and language yeah about all of the rhythm and the rhyme and the words the vocabulary but a part of my job as well is I go into schools and teach uh, schools how to use the twinkle phonics scheme yeah and obviously music is a massive pre-phonic skill isn't it it's, yes. it's level one absolutely and, and in fact, some, something we do a lot um, at Boogie Mites is working with children in reception and even in year one mm. who haven't got that pre-phonics there yet. So they can't move on. No. You know, and it can be such a difficult situation 
you know, for, for the whole class, for teachers, and also for those children, because, you know, to maybe be singled out and, you know, it can be very fraught and stressful. Whereas you can bring music to it and make it really fun. And again, as a, each child can, through the music, can find their own pathway, you know, because it's all about the listening, you know, that that's why it's so great for, for prephonics. It's all about the listening and developing that the sort of, you know sound discrimination and so forth but you know you'll find and and the rhythm as you say and the rhyme but you'll find some some children are like fantastic with drums some children feel it in their feet and they, they need to dance they want to dance some children will want to sing you know so but there's a there's a place for every child within the music making and while they're mu- making that music that's how they're developing those prephonic skills that's going to enable them to shoot up to the next level so it's so important I'm so glad you said that because every time I go into a school I do this like little thing I'm like right guys I'm gonna get on my pedestal here <laughs> level one phonics pre-phonics is the most important level of the entire and now you've just backed me up so whoever's like come to my phonics seminars and and now listening to the podcast see, I told you guys I've got a professional who's saying exactly <laughs> the same thing I told you I knew what I was talking about this is great this is it's such a magical thing as well because I feel when you were talking about um, expression I think what, that's what makes music and you know the the art so magical because every like you say every child responds to it reacts to it differently takes something away from it differently and what really hit me when you uh, is when you said it's a great way to express yourself mm. as a teenager and still as an adult now if i need to like work through something i'll stick on music that kind of uh not emphasizes but mirrors my emotion right so if I'm feeling really frustrated I'll put like some like heavy metal on like yeah I just or if I'm feeling like sad and I need to like you know because it's okay to honor your feelings and negative feelings in a a healthy way yeah if I feel sad and it's like you know what I just need to cry this out I just need to be with my feelings I'll go put on a sad song and I'll cry my eyes out yeah you know or if I'm excited about something and I want to I want a party because I'm talking to Harriet and we've had a great time already. <laughs> I'm going to go and stick on Pharrell's Happy and dance. And Oh, I love that song. Is that great? <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love it. I, I always stick that on. That's on my, I've got a, like a feel good playlist that, that I have, you know. And, so and do I. Song. But I mean, the thing, or another thing that just following on from that is to never underestimate how children understand music. Mm. Because I remember we used to do this exercise and or a game, let me call it a game because it, you know, exercise sounds a bit kind of formal and I, I'm not really into formal. <laughs> so let me call it a game. But we did it with pretty young children. They used to be about, I would say they were two, two, maybe two rising three. And I had a selection of music. So I had Mahler's Fifth Symphony. I had, which is like really sad. I had, if I can pronounce this correctly, Zath Sprach. Zarathustra, which you'll know is a, like a, it's you'll know it when you hear it. Are you it's sure? A, it, yeah, no, you would. Everyone is. You would. <laughs> the amount of listeners that are literally like googling this no, right no, now. No, like, I think what it is was you. I think it's the music that was used for that film Apollo Thirteen. Yeah, yeah it's really famous. It's been used on loads of films. Got it. it. Got it. And then I had some music from a Rio Rio de Janeiro carnival music. <gasps> you know, and the, what the game was: everyone lay down on the floor. So remember, the, the two-year-olds, everyone laid down the floor and they had to close their eyes 
and just stay still, which they did. So people thinking, no, two years, they do because it's a game and you're having fun. And I would be on the floor as well. <laughs> so I'm with them. So we're just going to, you know, lie on the floor, close our eyes. And then the music would come on, whichever piece it was going to be. And the game was just do what, whatever you want to the music. And they would leap up, you know, as soon as the, the carnival music came on, they'd leap up, they'd be up. They hear the rhythm, they hear the beat, they hear the energy, the happiness of the music, and they respond to it. They know what the music is saying. They'd be dancing. And then we, you know, we lie down again, right? What's the next piece? And then there'd be Marla's fifth. And on my, honestly, seriously, some tears. Oh, did they cry? They were literally could feel the pain of that music. Wow. The music expresses the pain and they understood what the music was saying. They probably couldn't express it in words, but they knew the feeling. Yeah. And then when when we had the the Zath Sprach Zarasustra, which I can't even say, <laughs> well done. which is quite scary. I actually only had it on for very for a very short time because I could see they were actually scared. Yeah. They were scared by it and it was too much for them. But it was a really useful lesson for me not to underestimate the sophistication of children's emotions. So they may not be able to say it. I mean I can't often say how I feel. So that yeah. that's not just a child thing. That's, you know, can yeah. be, again, it's a human thing. It's a, you know, can be all ages. It's difficult to, to kind of express our emotions. But with music, you can get it out at least and you, you can express it, though not in words. So it it's a really, it's, it's, there's so much you can do with music. Yeah, I love that because I was thinking about while you were talking, I think I saw it on like QI or something. Um, the the power that music has on your emotions. So, for example, I think they were talking about Jaws, oh. and they asked the question. Yeah, right, <laughs> exactly. So, everybody, when you say the word Jaws, yes. does that like it's absolutely classic. Yeah. But they said they. I think someone did an experiment or something, and it was like you know what's the scariest part of Jaws? It was the music. The music. So I think they took a clip of a shark in water and they had put scary music on, on it for one group. And then on another group, uh, they put like Charlie Chaplin music on ah. it. And then they, you know, rated how scared they felt or how they felt, you know, uh, looking at these images. And it was astounding. It was the music that actually scared them rather than what they saw. And this for me is true because I am terrible at watching like scary movies, Harriet. Like I just can't do it. But I, I was able to watch The Haunting of Hill House on Netflix just because my friend was like, you have to watch this. This is amazing because I muted it. Oh. <laughs> I couldn't watch it because I, re- and I, would, and I, knew, I knew something scary was coming, right? Because the music would start and I'd be like, oh no, mute, mute. And then I'd be able to get through it. So that is the power. And that can happen with our children, right? That it's, I mean, actually... That's such a fascinating example because when you really think about it, what that's saying is the stimulation we're getting through our ears is more powerful than the stimulation we're getting through our eyes. Because we've got the same image of the shark, but it's what you're hearing that is giving you the emotional cue. Yeah. And so if you translate that to kind of everyday life and everyone does this don't they you know just as you were saying you know if you're feeling a certain way you'll put on a a certain kind of music or switch that around if you want to feel a certain way like if you're feeling a bit lower in energy you want to kind of you know get up in energy then you'll put up that 
you'll put on that much energy and you'll start to move and you'll you know which is why in gyms or whatever they'll use a certain kind of music or yeah. if you're running you use the music and you can use that in your classroom especially remembering the, the bonding aspect of music or perhaps you've had an activity where it's a kind of child-led activity and, and kids are kind of a bit all you know they're kind of all over the space they're doing their own thing now you want to you want to bring them together one way you can bring them together and get them back focusing on you and cohesive as a group is to use a short music activity preferably I would suggest with some recorded music because the benefits and I know this is controversial (laughs) the benefit of having recorded music is that you can really emphasize that beat you can get a really good drum beat you get some bass going you know and and children really respond to that and also you don't have to worry about oh I can't sing or I can't do this or I can't actually project my voice over the whole room so there's some practical aspects so that's why sometimes having like a really you know even if it was Pharrell's happy you know a song like that yeah that is a signal for oh it's time for us all come on we're all going to get onto the carpet and have a little boogie and then we're going to sit down and do the next activity Harriet this is exactly what I did in my classrooms this is exactly like it was I had tidy up music I'm not lying so every half term, like whatever topic we were doing, I would pick a song. Like if we were doing space, I'd put like the final countdown on. <laughs> and it's like, right, time to tidy up. But it worked so well because as soon as the children heard that music, and this really worked for children with um, uh, who are bilingual children, you know, yes. who didn't maybe perhaps yes. understand English and instructions. Yes. They heard that music and boom, it was like, all right, it's tidy up time. But yeah. then they also knew there was a time limit and that, oh, we've got to get it all ready and tidied and sat down before the music finishes. And it worked so well that I had parents coming up to me at the end of the day, like, can you please tell me what the tidy up song is? I'm going to use it at home. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, it's this one. It's this. And it was just, it was so fun. But it, you, you're right. It, it has such an impact. It, it does. And actually, that, you remind me of a funny story because um, one of the one of our tutors, Tasha, she said that she had been to schools where because we've got a song called the Tidy Up Tango. So she'd been to schools where um, schools had obviously got it from our SoundCloud and the SoundCloud, uh, they're just clips. So it's 20 seconds. So they were using the 20 second Tidy Up Tango and that was their time limit. (laughs) 20 seconds to tidy up. That is madness. Brilliant. I loved it. It It's like, that is really good. (laughs) That's so funny. But this is the power, isn't it? I feel like we haven't even touched on like typical music activities to do. in the. And I love that because I think it's very easy to get stuck in that trap of, okay, we've got to do music lesson, right? Let's get the tambourines out. Let's get the triangles out. And everything we've talked about so far hasn't even mentioned any of that, which is really important, I think, to get across. Well, it's interesting what you're saying about, you know, like, for example, children who don't have English as, as their, as, you know, their English as a second language. Mm. So music is great for them because they can still join in. Yeah. They don't have to understand the vocabulary, but they can still join in. But an extra special, an extra useful thing for them and also for children who maybe lack confidence a little bit or maybe, you know, they're just joined the class recently or they're a little bit shy are props mm. but we don't use the whole triangle blah blah so basically I'll give you a little story of why this is <laughs> so w- when I first started boogie mites many years ago I was a <laughs> settle down children <laughs> I didn't have any money I was a poor musician I you know I had very little money 
but um, I had two little children and me and my friends start, you know, we were like, you, you know, let, let's start this music class. And because I had two little ones, I was like, yeah, I think I'm happy with the, with the preschool age. Let's, so, but we wanted to use instruments, but we were like, well, we can't afford 20 tambourines mm. or 20 that we, we just literally can't afford it. Yeah. So we were like, yeah, but I've got loads of these SMA cans and they are a great drum. So they became our drums. We decorated them and, you know, make them look really fun and funky. And I tell you what, an SMA can is the best drum. It lasts forever. And, you know, you've got the plastic lid at the top. That's the quiet end. And then you've got the noisy end at the bottom. That's the noisy end. <laughs> and then you've got the side. That gives a different sound. And then the side is quite often got like a little ridges on it. And you can yeah. kind of scrape it. Another sound. So they've got all these sounds. And when the top sort of plastic bit breaks, which it will, yeah. you can just cover it with cardboard and, you know, it just lasts forever, basically. Or you could wrap elastic bands around it and then it could be like a little guitar. Oh, you could, exa- exactly. And, and as soon as you've got into this, like, I don't need to buy instruments and let me see what I've got around the house or around the setting. As soon as you've clicked into that, that mindset, the sky is the limit. And so I always say junk percussion is where it's at because also there's no proper way to play. We're all, we're all about a boogie mice. There's no right or wrong. There's no, there's absolutely, there's no proper way to do this. You just do it how you want to do it. You do it how you feel it. You know, that's the proper way to do it. If it feels good, it's good. (laughs) Well, that's what I was going to go on to because I know like for a lot of us, especially me, like I'm not, I'm not, I'm not the best singer, Harriet. Okay. I don't want to torture my children with my ridiculous, unfortunate voice. Um, But I'm also like, I'm not a musician and there might be a little bit of imposter syndrome for our practitioners. Like, oh, you know, I'm not qualified to teach music. So I know you've already touched on this, but who can, you know, who's best to teach music or who can teach music in early years? Anyone can teach music in early years. The best person is the person that knows the children. And the best person is the person who's who just launches into it with an inquiring mind and an open spirit and a spirit of fun. You know, because you know what it's like. If whatever you're doing with children, if you're doing it like, hey, yeah, we're gonna do this, and they're like, Oh, okay. Yeah. What are we gonna do? This sounds fun. <laughs> they're, they're interested. Whereas if you're like, you know they sense they they sense that maybe this is not going to be so fun if you you know so basically so long as you have a sense of fun which you probably need to have yeah to be (laughs) in early years anyway yeah yeah, then I think you're well qualified and if you know your children you're well qualified but I think what really you know I think where practitioners are at a disadvantage or may struggle is they do not have time to research songs. And listen, there's nursery rhymes are fantastic. So don't, you know, imply at all that it's not good to use nursery rhymes because nursery rhymes are absolutely brilliant. I love them. But, you know, there's so much more we can do with nursery rhymes. And there's so many songs out there, but practitioners don't have the time to really research it. Most practitioners, we know that time is 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 a massive hindrance. You know, there just isn't a lot of it. So what I would say is our main thing at Boogie Mites is practitioner training. And this is not to train practitioners to become musicians because they already are musicians because they can talk. So there's so much research that shows that talking, speaking, speech 
emerged, you know, I don't even know how long ago it was. It, back, <laughs> back millions of years ago. Was it that, was it that long ago? Whenever you the know, cavemen but, were, yeah. Well, that. Exactly. When, when we first sort of emerged, the thought is, obviously we don't really have proof, but the thought is what happened first was drumming or, you know, beating on things, chanting and sort of cry, you know, like, Oh, you know, that sort yeah. of cries, you know, yeah. that was where language came out of. So basically, if you can speak, for example, I could say, if you can speak, you can sing. There's a song right there, right? You, you know, if you just think about what you're saying for an instant, you'll hear what you're saying is a song, what you're saying is a rhythm and we can all do it. So it, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's, you know, language is a song, language is song. So, you know, everyone is a musician. And I get that a lot of practitioners will say, yeah, but I can't sing. Guilty. I know that's a fear a lot of practitioners have or that, you know, they're, they're shy as well. I don't really want to sing. And blah, blah, blah. Mm. That's why in our pedagogy, we really feel, we, we feel strongly that it's absolutely fine and in fact it's recommended to have pre-recorded music and as I say I know a lot of people don't agree with that and I'm absolutely fine if you don't agree with it it's cool we can we can have different viewpoints and you know I don't find a problem with that but we find that with the pre-recorded music and I mean even me I'm a singer right but if I'm teaching a class I'll put the music on because my job is not to sing the song so much as to encourage the children mm. so I might have a song on so say we've got like one of our songs that that everyone knows is called it, it called, it's called clap 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 and it's like clap 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 stamp 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 Hear what a lovely noise we make. It's got some really simple lyrics, but I may not be singing them. I'm singing them on the tape there, <laughs> you know, but I'm going, let's clap. Well done. Stamp, stamp, stamp. Can you hear? And I'm doing all the movements and I'm saying, fantastic, keep going, blah, blah, blah. You know, I'm, I'm doing the encouraging. You know, I'm doing the, oh, can you clap your hands? I love the way you did that. Oh, you're doing something else. That's cool. Let me try that too. So I'm doing that. I'm not really singing the lyrics most of the time so that's why it's really useful to have the pre-recorded music with the, the singing on it so so when you're in the class what you can do is really concentrate on observing what the children are doing and help them scaffold them I was just about to say you're kind of also teaching them aren't you like oh yeah she says do this so we need to do this now you're like you're modeling totally. for them how to respond it, exactly exactly so and also with the pre-recorded music if you do have that oh I can't sing or you know even I've just got a sore throat today or you know what I don't want to sing because I'm stressing my voice out a lot through teaching, which you do when you're when you're mm. a teacher, you use your voice so much, you know. So you may just think, you know what, I actually don't want to sing. My voice is tired. So put on the pre-recorded music and, and let it do the hard work for you. Let it do the hard lifting for you. You don't have to know every single lyric. I literally forget songs I've written. I mean, <laughs> I, <laughs> we, we, we wrote some songs, or I wrote the songs, for Bright Horizons, and it, it was for a, like a, a sort of training we were doing for them. And I had to write, you know, however many songs it was, and I was writing away, and then off they went, and I write them away, off they went. And then I was talking to one of our amazing trainers, and she said, oh, I, I love this song you wrote, you know, the one about the names or something. I'm like, what song's that? 
like, do you know what? It was like, I do, if you play it, I'll remember it. Yes. Like, you know, so I forget the songs. You know, I really want practitioners to not be worried. You know, they don't have to be musicians. They don't have to be able to sing and dance like Beyonce. They don't have to remember all the lyrics. You know, just use the pre-recorded music have some simple props like you know the sma drums or a cardboard box or you know shakers that you've made out of plastic bottles you know all that stuff when you teach them everyone about recycling and doing the craft the only thing that is useful that we do teach that that is really really useful are some basic games so you can have some control <laughs> because yeah, yeah. when you've got 25 kids and they've all got a drum mm-hmm. you might think this is going to be a complete and utter nightmare <laughs> right it's going to be chaos and i just can't do it <laughs> yeah get the paracetamol yeah you know but well we have a really simple game it's literally the start stop game i'll teach it to your practitioners right now you just bang on the drum like this i'm going to do it on my table and then you go stop and then you bang and then you bang and you stop. And then you start your games like let's bang in rhythm. And then, yeah, and then you start. But basically when you give out the drum, it's, I feel, a cruelty not to let children do it's their thing. It's too tempting. It's too tempting. You know, it, it's unfair. So let them do their thing. Work with it, as they say. Work with it. Let them do their thing. But then do your start, stop. And they will, mm. you know, the children will so quickly, they'll learn that. And everyone's joining in and it's very very rare i've done it but it's very very rare that i've actually taken a drum away from somebody but i have done it yeah because i'm only human yeah right <laughs> and, you know it's time of telling all right come on now exactly <laughs> we all have limits yeah <laughs> but you know there's simple games you there's simple kind of games you can do just to just so that you've got that control yeah um and then you're away really i love it and I just love your passion and your knowledge about all different aspects of music. And you said that you were a songwriter and a singer yourself and you were in a ridiculous amount of bands, which is just the coolest. <laughs> so how, how did Boogie Mites come about then? So basically, to go back to my, my, my story as a, as a you know, starving artist. So I was a musician, I was a singer, and my children's dad was a bass player. So we had a band together. We, were in the, we had our jazz band, and then we had our children. And I actually was approached by another mutual friend who was a dancer. And she said, oh, I'm doing these summer sessions over the holidays. Can you come and do a music session in, in a primary school just and I was like yeah f- fine you know no idea what I was gonna no idea never done teaching absolutely no idea but I was like yeah she's paying me I'll do it yes. <laughs> so yeah. went along and and did this did this kind of music session it was really really fun and then I was like oh well okay so this is a thing you know this is a thing that you can do you, you know and at that time there weren't a lot of kids classes it wasn't like now where you can do virtually every single skill you know you know back then there weren't a lot of kids classes so I was like well and as I said before I I had a I think it was four and two my children were something like or three and two something like that they were little so I was and I I used to um volunteer in their play group so I was kind of you know, I was kind of getting kind of used to sort of being around groups of toddlers and, you know, the kind of things they like. And so I was like, you know, getting quite sort of uh, familiar with that. So I was like, no, I think I can run 
classes, you know, just just little workshops for this group. Let, let me try because it might be a lot of fun and, you know, let's just see what happens. So that's basically how it started. I had one class in Ballam Library, Ballam Library Hall. And because my kids were, my eldest one, I'm guessing she was in nursery. So all her, it was after school and all, all her little friends would come. So it was a complete party because basically Aww. all the parents would come, all the mums were there. We'd have, you know, tea and cake and it, it was just like an event, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and I'd sort of frantically be writing these workshop plans, you know. And then I started writing songs because to begin with, I was, I was using songs, children's song repertoire. But then I started seeing what children were doing and what they liked to do. You know, they like clapping. They like that clap, clap, clap song that I sang earlier. That was the first Boogie Mites song I ever wrote. And that was when I was even first beginning to understand because I produce all the music myself. So I was really new at producing music as well. But that's still one of our most popular songs. But basically I was observing the children. I was like, well, they love clapping and they love stomping around and they love stretching up and so I basically just watched what they did and I just put that in the song and and then I was like oh well they love dinosaurs let me write a song about dinosaurs and oh they love shaking a shaker let me write a song about sh-. you know and that's how that's how it happened just by observing the children and writing the songs for them and then trying it out and seeing what it worked what worked and some songs didn't work and they kind of got chucked on the the heap and other songs worked and they kind of have become our evergreens that that everyone loves you know so yeah I adore that just from having children myself I was kind of like well I know children love storybooks and I know children love to hold things and you know so I was like you know I used to take books and used to take toys and you know, I'd get toys from the secondhand shop and, you know, so it was all very much based around the children just from, I say, observing them. What do they like? You know, what's fun for them? What, what What's going to engage them? And I think one thing I really learned was I had to constantly change throughout the 45 minutes because it was a 45 minute session. So it's quite a long session. Every song had to have a different aspect. So there was an action song. There was a theme song that maybe I'd introduce with a book. There was a shaking song. There was a drumming song. So every song kind of changed the energy a bit. It was standing up, sitting down. But so long as we changed the energy a bit with each song, the children remain engaged. And, and that was a real key to it. That is the story of early years, isn't it? It's, it's just, a, yes. just change it up. The, the attention span, good luck, do it and then move on to something like it totally makes sense. Well, a song is perfect because a three minute song or even a two and a half minute yeah. song, our sort of structure, you kind of introduce the song. So you're kind of like, oh, let's clap our hands. Let's stamp our feet. Let's count to four, whatever it is appropriate to the song. So that takes a minute or so, maybe more, depending on the song. And then you have the song itself. So the whole thing might take five to seven minutes, mm. which I think is a, a good time. I think, yeah. For early years. And then you move on to the, the next activity, which is music, but it's different, a different yeah. kind of activity around the music. So... Well, I was going to say, what kind of activities do Boogie Mites provide and what kind of um, are the reasons behind the activities? What kind of things do you see coming out from them? Well, we've kind of got, for the business itself, we've kind of got two strands. So we do our practitioner training and then we've got licensees and they run their own Boogie Mites business. So they're like 
what I started as. They've got, they run their own classes, but basically our idea is that they'll all be doing the same thing. So everything is based around music and everything uses recycled instruments. I mean, those are the keys to us. You know, you've got to have your drums, you've got to have your shakers, and you've got to have your rhythm sticks, which are really important. So when I say rhythm sticks, I'm just I just mean we make our own. So we get dowel from B and Q or whatever. Usually, if you've got if you've got a good um, DIY place, they'll cut it down to a nice size. So kind of like I don't know, six inches maybe something like that you know and then you you know you can judge what is kind of going to be the right width for the, the children you're working with and then we we generally we, we sort of sand it down we paint it with child-friendly paint so they look really pretty and then you can do lots of games like you know matching games oh I mean, you can go crazy with them but yeah. they're really really good because the thing about the tapping sticks which always makes me laugh is that when we're doing training or sometimes if we're doing a conference or something we'll put the tapping sticks under the chair that it's hysterical at a conference because everyone comes in and they're you know they're expecting some really serious talk about self-regulation or you know something like that and it's boogie my <laughs> and they'll see under the chair and honestly it makes me laugh every single time because you just cannot they cannot resist it no. because they're human beings and they're like oh what are these sticks oh let me just see and then you'll see them and they're like talking to their the, actually it's a great icebreaker you know they're talking to the yeah. person next and they're like oh oh tapping it and they're they're just exploring it yeah like the children will explore exactly. it and that's what's so great and that's what i i really want to get across to practitioners is that because i really really feel this so strongly and i hope practitioners do too that we are the same as children. Yeah. We've just been on the planet a little bit longer, but basically we act and interact in exactly the same ways. I mean, I would hope that my self-regulation is a little bit better, but I yeah. did kind of miss that memo when I was young. Oh, me too, me too. You know, so I have been known to strop off, you know. <laughs> I have been known to just have a little bit of a meltdown, even now. So I know my self-regulation could be improved, and that's absolutely the truth. <laughs> so, as with us all, as with yeah. us all. <laughs> so, you know, children, and I, but that's what I love about, like when we're doing a conference and we get the instruments out, the adults play with them in exactly the same way as children do. And we are the same. And music, you know, we are musical beings. You know, we really, really are. But also the other thing, we're creative beings. And that's very much the key of Boogie Mites, whether we're training practitioners or whether licensees are going out and leading their class it's really about the creativity so that's why we'll use books we'll use bubbles we'll use puppets we'll use the soft toys scarves when I say scarves again I don't mean you have to go and buy 25 movement scarves no just rip up whatever you've got at home mm. <laughs> you know if you've old got curtains, small sheets old fabrics of, yeah, yeah it doesn't matter it's just like rip it up this is my core belief I really hate buying things I just mm. hate buying things because I'm just like it's unnecessary most of the time the only thing I buy you know I love walking Shana. <laughs> yes, I do. Harriet has her own podcast, guys. Feel Good Walk. Check it out. <laughs> it's great. Thank you. But the, the one thing I buy are things like walking boots and walking jackets and because I have to be protected against the weather. Yeah. That's the one thing I buy. Apart from that, I don't like buying anything. I, I'm secondhand. I'm secondhand girl. I am the secondhand queen. 
again, I would I want practitioners and parents to, to walk away from this podcast. If they walk away with anything, I want them to, to walk away and then look around their settings or look around their homes with a bag in their hand and just let me think, what have I got that makes a good noise? Because I'm going to put it in this bag and next time I do a song with the kids, we're going to explore the sounds in this bag. Or next time I read a story with the children, let's see what sounds we can make from this bag that relate to the story. Because that's such a good starting point. I love that. There are so many different... The activities that you've come up with, they're just so great. And I'm sure all of our listeners are like, got their notepads listening. Like, oh yeah, we could do this. We could do this. It's so good. But you've been even more generous than that, Harriet. You've actually got a discount code for our listeners. Do you want to tell us about that? Because that's so lovely. I have. So we've got a a shop for practitioners and on that shop is got all our training packages. Basically what we've done over the past few years, we've put all our training online. So we do do in-person training as well, but it was very handy when the dreaded pandemic happened because we've got so much online. So basically what we have online are all our music programs with videos of the songs in settings videos of our tutors leading the songs, videos of me breaking down the songs in 10 minutes so that you can learn them really, really quickly. It's video fest time. (laughs) (laughs) So basically, um, we've got a 20% discount on all of those. And it's kind of lifelong training. You've got it for life. You can share it with anyone in your setting. So you can really become a boogie mite friendly setting. And the discount code is twinkle, as you spell twinkle, T-W-I-N-K-L 20. So twinkle 20. I know it's got a ring to it hasn't it got a bit of an alliteration there (laughs) (laughs) you're just teaching us without even knowing that you're teaching us Harry (laughs) (laughs) but I am going to put that discount code and the link to the shop in uh, the episode description as well so people can just go straight to it and they've got until the end of the month haven't they for this 20 they've actually got till Jan the 1st that's honestly that's so generous no not at all we I mean honestly completely genuinely we just we just want music to be out there because we know we've seen it with our own eyes over 20 years the difference it makes it's huge we've seen children who weren't speaking say their first word you know the stories we get are so inspiring so we know it works so that's why we just want everyone to have it can I mention one one other little thing of course you can (laughs) plug away (laughs) so the other little thing is this is more parent facing but we we're developing an app again the same reason because we want parents to be able to be using music at home to support their child but also to be having all the fun and games with music you know so we had an amazing collaboration with Michael Rosen so we've put (gasps) I know what (laughs) I know we're going on the bear hunt we're going to capture so 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 gorgeous and we we so basically what we've done we've put 10 of his poems to music so basically and and we've got videos of them so we've got our lovely teacher Sharon doing the dances and doing the songs on video so children can watch them and and learn and dance and so it's kind of like you can just watch the videos and just 
learn the songs, but also it's an introduction to his poetry. So you can, if you want, then go and buy the books. And it's a whole thing around that. And we've also got an international storyteller called Rohini, and she's done these stories around letter sounds. So again, I've written the songs for them. So again, it's like, we just love her so much. She's so amazing. So she she's created these amazing stories and she's really animated. So again, it's just a... A really fun way to start to think about letter sounds. And I don't mean that in any kind of heavy way because it's all through music. So literally, it's just fun. My main thing is fun. I think if you look back on your life and you've had fun, then this is a very good thing. Amen. (laughs) Amen. I'm all about the fun. But what we really would love is for parents to trial the app because we, we talk a lot to practitioners, but we don't talk a lot to parents. Uh, We don't really have that relationship with parents because we've been so practitioner focused. So we would really, really love to hear from parents. We'd love them to try out three songs on the app. Just see how it works at home and just tell us what they think totally honestly. Um, it would be a real gift for us if they could be sort of co-creators with us in the app. I adore that. Yes, we're going to put a link to that in the episode as well. You know, you just follow the link and, you know, sign up and blah, 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 blah. And then we'll give you the link to, to the app and, and we'd love to know what you think. That's a great idea. Of course, we'll help you Thank do that. You. Yes, I love Thank it. Thank you. Now that, you know, we've helped you, Harriet, it's time for you, okay, as if you haven't done enough already today. It's time for you to answer some questions from our listeners. I'm Are you ready. ready? <laughs> oh, you're so ready. Okay, good, good, good. Uh, so the first one is from Abbo Catherine. What would you include in a weekly 20-minute dance and music session for three and four-year-olds? Mm. Don't want to put you on the spot there, Harriet, but uh, lesson plan, go. That's a really, really good question. And three and four-year-olds are such a good age group because they have now started to talk and be able to express themselves verbally as well. So I love that age group. Now, what I would say, if it's 20 minutes and it's every week, I would say it's very useful to actually create a structure because the children will really respond to having a structure that repeats every week. They'll get used to the structure and that will really help you then bring some variety in. So what I would say is you want something simple to indicate that it's the beginning of music session, music time. So like a very simple, you know, look, I'm making something up right on the spot now, like it's music time, it's music time. Let's sit down, it's music time. You know, just make something up. You might have something already, you know, just a simple little, but try and bring in some clapping, some stamping, we're gonna clap our hands, it's music time, it's music time, it's music time, we're gonna stamp our feet, it's music time, you know, something like that. How do you do that? How do you, magic, magic. <laughs> uh, I've been doing it a long right time, now. so it's, it's, it's not magic, it's just practice, you know what they say, practice, it's just practice, practice, practice. So a simple little, mu- simple little thing so that kids, that your children know, oh, right, great, we're gonna do our music. Uh, so that's the first thing. And then the second thing I'd say is you need some kind of action song. And again, this is because you want to get children, you want to get their wiggles out, as as we say, you know. Uh, And so you want to get them moving, grooving, and then focused into the rhythm. You know, they'll be doing lots of learning in that action song. So if you've got an action song, either that you just sing without music, or if you've got an action song that you can sing with music, 
that's great. But you know, head, shoulders, knees, and toes is great. But you know, but if you've, as I say, if you've got something with pre-recorded music, I would personally use that. So an action song. Then I'm giving you the, the I'm giving you the boogie mic. How we generally do it because it works. <laughs> then what you need is a theme, a, what we call the theme section, and this will help you if you're doing a weekly music session to bring some variety in. Mm. Um, because it's really good to repeat things, but you also want some variety too. So it's that it's that sort of magic mix. And if you have a theme, obviously you may be having a theme going with your class anyway, with your activities. So you can just slot that in as well. But it could be you know the weather, space, going to the beach, you know some sort of theme. And what I would do, I would get a book or some toys, some kind of prop to introduce the theme. And because they're three and four, I would start to ask them some questions about the theme. So they feel involved in the theme. And then you need a song that revolves around the theme. So this is where you need to do either a little bit of research or go to the Boogie Mites uh, shop and buy yourself a programme. <laughs> it would be the school, for this age group, it's a school-ready programme. Yeah, so find yourself, you know, like a jungle theme, that's great. But find yourself a song that relates to that theme. And then the last thing I'll do, because you're going to be running out of time by now, because if you think of, roughly speaking, four to five minutes for each of these sections, I would say get some instruments. So you don't have to have them all to begin with. You could just start off with with a junk percussion kit which has got a bit of everything literally just you've got your loo rolls you've got your margarine tubs you you know whatever's in your recycling chuck it in your paper paper's brilliant and you get it all out you spread it on the floor let the children explore it let them start making noises with it they'll make sounds they'll start wearing it they'll start building with it they'll do all their stuff with it and then as you watch them do it, use that for whatever you do. You could use a nursery rhyme like Grand Old Duke of York. Grand Old Duke of York is always a great one because it means that, say, what have I got on my desk? Uh, okay, I've got, a suit, I've got some pens. So say a child starts tapping something together, you can use that as a rhythm. Oh, the Grand Old Duke of York. Or say they've got some paper. Let me just rip up some paper. <laughs> and they start scrunching it. Yeah, I love that sound. That can also be a rhythm sound, or you can be like, "Oh, it sounds like the leaves and the trees," or you know. So yeah. it, it can take you off on an imaginative journey. So, have you if you have a few nursery rhymes or some favorite songs, you can just bring that junk percussion into that song, and again, that will that's another way in for children. And then I would say you're pretty much done. You might want to then put that all away. So if you can fit in your tidy up song you've probably got a tidy up song so just put on your tidy up song then or sing your tidy up song put all that junk percussion away Bob's your uncle you're done that was absolute gold like <laughs> I know our listeners are going to be doing this when you do what Harriet has advised guys can you please video it and let us know oh my gosh that would be so great and P.S. you can always DM us on uh, Instagram at Boogie Mites. Yeah. Give me any questions because uh, I absolutely love answering. So literally any questions, just shoot me them on our Instagram or let me know how it goes. Oh, I love it. I'm going to do that as well. <laughs> um, question number two from Claire. What's an easy dance or music-based activity to use as a five-minute filler? Because there are quite a few transitions in early years, aren't Five-minute filler. Ooh, yeah. Or you've accidentally filler. like, you know, got too re ready uh, for the end of the day too early. Yeah, yeah. five-minute filler. I would say you need to prepare a few things. So A, I would think about preparing a junk percussion 
as I said before, junk percussion bag, because you can just have that with you. You can have everyone sitting down. You can either put the junk percussion in the middle and have everyone explore and then lead on to a little song and then tidy it all up. That would take five minutes. Or you can literally pass the junk percussion round and have yes. people choose what they want. Another one would be, so I used to have a bag that had all sorts of different props in it, like a star, a lamb, you know, all sorts of different things, but everything related to a song. Oh, yes. So I put everything in there that related to a song. So again, if you only got five minutes, you'd probably just want to probably have to choose someone and they would pick something out and they'd pick out whatever it is. And you're like, oh, fantastic. Can you think of a song related to whatever that object is? Yeah. Uh, so that's quite a nice one. I want to do an action song. An action song is a good five minute filler as well. Oh, another really fun one is if they're a little bit, if they're more sort of three to fours, maybe fives, you can do pass the sound. Oh, I love that. Yeah, pass the sound is a great music is a great musical activity. So just pass the clap yes. round and then add clap stamp yes. or, or whatever it is. Or if you want to make it really tricky, they have to add a sound each time, but that's really Yeah, tricky. it's like the shopping list game, isn't it? But with yeah, body exactly. percussion or something. Yeah, body percussion is great. So pass a sound or an action song. If you've got a quick action song, if you've got action song recorded, then you can quickly get them standing up, go through the actions, put the music on, do the song, oh, sit down. The end. You're ready. I love it. But so many good ideas. It's so, I'm just so, we're so lucky to have you, Thank Harriet. Thank you so much. And last but not least, you mentioned before about everyone likes to join in. And this is a good one because I've had this experience too. Usually there's always one. There's always one child, right? There's always one that doesn't want to join in for whatever reason. Like you say, maybe they're shy or, you know, things mm. like that. So what, how do we encourage and support our reluctant musicians slash yeah. movers? First of all, I would say don't worry too much mm. because they may not be joining on, but they may be listening. Mm -hmm. So we hear quite often when, when we're doing sessions with parents, uh, there's some child is like, and you're thinking as, as the person leading the session, that they're not really enjoying it. They're not joining in. And then next week, uh, the parent is like, oh, we went home she got her teddies out and did the whole class. So you don't know, actually. They they may be engaging internally. So that's one thing. So don't worry. You know, again, this is another thing I really learned from walking is things have their natural time. So you don't always have to hurry things. So, so don't worry too much. You know, have faith. If sound is going in, then stuff is happening. So that's the first thing. But the second thing I would say is try and use some props, like mm. like the rhythm sticks I was talking about earlier, or the junk percussion, or the scarves, something like that. Because quite often what we find is that when children are holding something that makes a sound so they can tap their sticks together, it's kind of like not there. It's sort of taking the, the pressure off them, if you like. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't quite know why that is, but it's and something very basic comes in. They just want to start tapping. So I would say try and get some, you know, make some shakers. And if you can make the shakers in your class, so much the better, because then they'll have their own shaker and they'll, they'll have that ownership over their shaker. So, you know, make some little shakers or bring in some little scarves or some make some tapping sticks, whatever it is, something that they can actually touch and feel. And I think that might be the way in. We, we've certainly found that that really works as well. 
So yeah, try some props. Honestly, gold gold dust in this episode today. <laughs> I'm so excited. Um, you've worked so hard today, Harriet. I think it's time to give you a break. But before you go, Harriet, we're gonna play, we're gonna have some fun, as if we haven't good, had fun anyway. Fun. But like you say, fun. If we haven't had fun by the end of it, you know what was the point? So exactly. we're gonna do that. We're gonna play. Would you rather, teacher edition, especially catered for music and dance? Are you ready? Nervous. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it's not mastermind. I promise it's all okay. Yes. First question is always the same. Would you rather tea or coffee? No brainer, coffee. Oh, I was so confident. Why? Oh, I love my coffee. Strong coffee made in a in one of those what are they called espresso machines. I've got one on my stove. First thing in the morning, top up with half and half with milk. Ah, oh. done. Can't live without like, it. Like, do you have any syrups or things with it, or no, you just no, like no, black? No, 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 I don't do the whole syrup thing. No. Oh, so you have it like strong coffee, ready? Strong coffee with a lot of hot milk. I love it. Mm. I love it. That was nice and easy. <laughs> Don't stay with me. Stay. With me. We've got two more questions. She's going to go and get coffee after this. I know it's going to happen. <laughs> now, question number two has to be my favorite question ever that I've ever done with pretty much anybody. Because as you can probably hear, me and Harriet are just one soul, guys. We're just one soul, and we've had so many great conversations even before we started recording, right? But one of them is, as you all guys know, as our listeners, I am a massive Strictly fan. But guess what? So is Harriet. Yeah. Oh yes. I think we're both diehard fans together. So this question is just for us. <laughs> If you were ever to go on Strictly Come Dancing, and it's on my vision board, so it is going to happen. It's on my vision board as well. Yes! Oh my God, we could be on the same series. Now that would be good. They should do an early years version of Shut the front door. Oh my, okay. If anyone like BBC producers are listening. Can someone do that? Can someone please do an early years like teaching <laughs> theory? Yes. Oh my God. We could have just made this, Harriet. Sorry, I'm getting distracted. Sorry, this is why I love it so much. Who would be your professional dancer and why? I know. Choices. You know, you got to make a decision. I, Come on. I know they're all amazing, but I see it's 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 Giovanni or Johannes. Oh. And that's my struggle. <laughs> Listen, she's, literally, <laughs> she's literally got her head in her hands like <laughs> well do you know what can I make this easier for you yes I want Johannes so you can't have him oh okay so I'll have Giovanni in All when right. we're in the same, same series that is suits well with me I think Johannes is an absolute god on he's the he's he, the thing about oh. both Giovanni and Johannes is I mean obviously they're amazing dancers and the rest of it but they're such you get the sense they're such lovely people. Yes. And I'm going to need someone to look after me a little bit on the oh. on the dance floor. Oh. And I would trust either of them to, like, basically hold me up when I fall over in the high, high heels. You know, as you know, that is... <laughs> One of my one of my anxieties about strictly when I'm oh. strictly is the high heels. But yeah, so but if we can yeah be on the same series and yeah. each I'll have Giovanni, you have Johannes, and then maybe we'll do a double dance. Oh my god, they've stop. not done that yet. They've not done that yet. Oh my god, we could totally do that. <laughs> oh, I've got so many ideas in my head now. <laughs> 
Okay, but what dance would we do? Because I love, I adore the jive. Oh, I love that jive as well. Oh, I love jive as well. In heaven. I used all right. to sing all the 1940s music, all the Andrew sisters. and Yeah, 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 jive. Jive me up, yeah. Um, you could like join Dave Arch and the band and sing it as well as Yeah, I have been on a gig with Tommy. Shut up. Yeah, we did a gig together. <laughs> Shut the front door. He, he, we were in a band together. What? Yeah, we did... We were at the Albert Hall and we were like the backing band. He was actually playing the piano. That's how talented he is. In that band, he wasn't even singing. He was playing the piano. I was a backing singer. And one of the acts that we backed was Van Morrison. It was probably the coolest gig of my life. (laughs) Why did you wait till now until... Get on the phone to Tommy and say, you have connections in BBC Strictly, get us on the show. I How actually should. <laughs> oh and mad. Tommy, by the way, is such a beautiful person. He looks, I know it sounds strange, but he looks like on the television. Yes, you know, he's like absolutely beautiful. What a nice claim to fame. Ever. Oh my god, Harry, yeah. I'm so jealous. <laughs> okay, sorry, no, right, back back to the back to this show. Um would you rather teach edition? Question number three. Now, this is more personal to you because as we got to know each other, obviously you've told us quite a few times that you're into walking and so am I. And you have just come back from an amazing trip in Morocco. So this is all about walking and your favorite walks. Okay, so would you rather trek in the Atlas Mountains or the Thames Path? They're very different. They are. I'm pretending I know which one's which, but the, the word mountains kind of gives me a clue and path the mountains was funny because i do actually have a fear of heights and so there were a couple of times on that (laughs) that trek when i had to like walk along and actually it was singing got me through i'd walk along with a little oh i am fine it's okay i'm going just walking along a path and i I, and i just going along like you know that's how but which one oh oh that is so difficult right i have to give an answer um okay i would rather trek in the atlas mountains because i've done the thames path but there's much more of the atlas mountains still to trek so atlas mountains please good answer yes confident finish yes It's just been such a joy to spend time with you and talk to you. You're just such a lovely human. Thank you so much. It's it's likewise ditto coming oh, right back at you. Stop. <laughs> oh, been... I love it. Now, before you jet off, because yeah. I know you're a very busy lady and she wants that coffee now and we're going to daydream <laughs> about Strictly together. We're going to make a Strictly vision board, yeah? Yeah, That's yeah. Great. Let's great, do great, it. Great. Let's do it. Um, where can our wonderful listeners find you if and when they want to le- learn more? We're quite good at social media now because of our amazing Tasha. So they can find us on Twitter at Boogie Mites or Instagram at Boogie Mites. So that's an e- always an easy place to find us and an, an easy place to you know quickly send a message um, on social media. Or you can obviously find us at our website. If you just Google Boogie Mites, we will come up. Either you'll get our YouTube or you'll get our website, but it will be there. So yeah, we have YouTube 
YouTube is nice because you see us in action. So that's quite nice too. Yeah, I love your YouTube. You're on TikTok as well, aren't you? We are on TikTok. And I, I've actually forgotten we're on TikTok. This is Tasha, you see. We are on TikTok too. So basically, Tasha is so amazing that if you find us on any social media, just send us a message because we will get it because Tasha is like right on it. And before we finish, we must remind our wonderful listeners about your generous discount code up until the 1st of January, Twinkle 20. Get in there for 20% off of the Boogie Mites programs. Absolutely amazing. Just a quick thing to say, there's quite a few programs there. So if if any of your listeners kind of come on to the practitioner shop and they're like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm not sure what to buy. Ask us on social media. We'll, we'll get back to you. Just, it, yeah, it's fine. We'll let you know what's the best one for you. God, you're just, just so amazing. Thank you for being so helpful and so kind and just so funny. It's been so lovely. <laughs> yeah, it's been really, really lovely. Really, really lovely. When can we do the next one? <laughs> I was going to say, like, I'll text you. Uh, <laughs> and we'll get together soon. Oh, thank you so much, Harry. Have a wonderful, wonderful day. Thank you, Shana. You too. Have a lovely day. See you soon. Isn't she just amazing? I hope you can like hear from her energy just how amazing she is. I adore her. We've become really good friends and I'm so grateful um, to get to know people for my job. How crazy is that? And I get to bring people like Harriet to you. So I really, really hope you enjoyed it. There was just so much, wasn't there? So many ideas and activities and things that you could do. If you want to find out more about what boogie mites do and go and look at all of her songs and her videos and you want to use them in classrooms or settings don't worry I've put everything you need in the episode description so you don't have to go searching far and wide it's all here for you and don't forget to take her up on her offer okay 20% off of her programs up until January 1st it's like Christmas has come early (laughs) so that's twinkle as in how we spell it, T-W-I-N-K-L-2020, Twinkle20. Use that discount code. Go and have a look at her programs. They're amazing. And what's even more amazing is instead of finishing how I normally do today, Harriet has treated us with one of her songs. And it's called Christmas Cake. I absolutely know you're going to love it just as much as I do. It's going to be stuck in your head all the way up until Christmas now. You're going to be singing it forever. So without further ado, we're going to end our episode with Boogie Mites Christmas Cake. Enjoy! Words have rhythms. Let's use our tapping sticks or our clapping hands to tap out some word rhythms of some of our favourite Christmas foods. What do you like to eat at Christmas? Christmas cake, Christmas cake Hands up, who likes Christmas cake? Yummy, yummy, yummy Put it in my tummy I like, you like Christmas cake Christmas cake, Christmas cake Hands up, who likes Christmas cake? Yummy, yummy, yummy Put it in my tummy I like, you like Christmas cake Christmas cake Raisins in it. Hot mince pies, hot 
Brought, 